This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. They still got a catch. Seven's 11. Seven's 11, the leader. Tenebris up on the outside to whip up a rally. Nimitz class in between horses. Post time's also in between. Going to be taken to the outside now. Is post time by Sheldon Russell. Way the center of the track. Still has work cut out for post time. Post time, no. Kicks in that gear. Here's post time. Post time on the outside. Post time in seven's 11. Post time kicks away with authority late. Post time to win. Going away by three. Seven's 11 in Tenebris. And then it was Nimitz class in a minute 23.33 in the general george now here's bobby newman and bob nastanovich good afternoon welcome to another edition of the first bet racing show here on the horse racing radio network i'm bobby newman along with bob nastanovich we're here every thursday afternoon 4 to 6 p.m eastern time we've got live action today from sunland park fairgrounds and the finale at Gulfstream Park, they're in the paddock right now, Bob. Still plenty of time to get wagers in, about seven minutes to post. Coming off a big weekend last weekend around the country where we saw derby preps in both uh, West Texas or New Mexico, if you will, as well as New Orleans. And we're going to head to Hot Springs for some more great three-year-old action this week. We're right in the thick of the action, my friend. Yeah, Rebel Stakes this weekend, kind of an interesting um, lineup there. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it already. Um, certainly uh, looks like a very golden opportunity for uh, for the favorite there. Uh, uh, basically makes his first start of the year um, right now. Is a Timberlake. Timberlake, if he bounces back to anywhere close to his best, he looks like he kind of lays over the field on, on class. I mean, he, he hasn't raced since the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Didn't run badly that day. I think Windstar's got another good one. He's definitely working extremely well at the fairgrounds in preparation for uh, the Rebel, which is the start of his Kentucky Derby campaign. Yeah, great action at Oaklawn this weekend. Great action at Gulfstream, Aqueduct, Santa Anita as well. And the richest race in the world, the $20 million Saudi Cup, which goes on Saturday. The Saudi Cup itself is scheduled for 8.40 p.m. Riyadh, Saudi Arabia time, which I believe is 12.40 p.m. Eastern time Saturday afternoon here uh, in the States. So uh, we will talk about all of the uh, the Saudi Cup action as well as the, the other tracks we talked about, Oakland, Santa Anita, Aqueduct, Gulfstream Park as part of our weekend stakes preview tomorrow night here on the network 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Folks, download the First Bet app on your iPhone or visit first.com forward slash bet to sign up and play the races. Sign up with the promo code HRRN150. No spaces there. HRRN150 to receive a $25 free bet when you deposit within 30 minutes of signing up plus a 100% deposit match up to $150 on your first deposit within 14 days. Just great promotional stuff going on with our friends over at First Bet. Take advantage of it now. Bob, they are actually coming onto the track for the ninth and final race on the card today at Gulfstream Park. And uh, beautiful weather here in South Florida right now. Boy, they had a lot of rain over the weekend here in Florida. But uh, right now, this is why people come to South Florida in the wintertime. 73 degrees, partly cloudy skies. And we're on the turf for race number nine. The turf is listed firm, mile and a 16th the distance. It's a starter allowance 
uh, optional claiming event, either uh, four-year-olds and up running under starter allowance conditions or running for a claiming tag of $50,000. Scratch number two, Bryce Canyon, field of seven going to post in this race. First bet AI says it's all about number three, Whisper Not who right now is on the board at 3-2. to two. He is the solid selection of the first bet AI and obviously a solid selection of the betters as well. I'll tell you what, when you read a condition for a race like that, like you just read, really any time in the last 20 years, Bobby, um, what, what trainer comes to mind when, when, you, when you read that sort of condition? Well, it's obviously Mike Maker. Anytime you have optional It's Mike claims, Maker. I mean, <laughs> if, if it's, if it's, yeah. it's either that... Or basically any race at Kentucky Downs or any race that's like a mile and three-eighths and up. Yeah. I mean, obviously Mike uh, knows how to read the condition book as well as anybody. And uh, seemingly for this type of race always has at least a few runners. um, And he's got two in here, and they're the the two shortest prices on the board. I mean, Whisper Not, um, they claimed him last year for 62500 at Saratoga off of Brendan Walsh. Um, his best distance is a mile and a 16th. He drops to a career low. Basically, he wins this on a going day, but he tends to get in trouble in his races, so he's kind of hard to take at a short price. His stable mate in here, the eight-horse Samburu, who uh, Javier Castellano rides, sort of looks like a, a rarity in this type of race. He looks like the only one that wants to be on or near the lead, uh, so he might be able to set really tepid fractions on the uh on the front end he was claimed january 24th by the maker barn from uh, julie stormfelt stable and uh notably has two recent works since the claim so it looks like a pretty serious try and i really can't do anything else in here myself other than box the two makers i mean i i just see uh the class of the race is whisper not and uh, i mean samburu ought to have complete control of the pace all right, they're two minutes away from post time, allegedly, for the ninth and final at Gulfstream. We are four minutes away from post time, allegedly, for the fifth race at Sunland. So let's just <laughs> talk a little bit about that, just in case they go kind of back-to-back. Obviously, if they run at the same time, we're going to stick with the Gulfstream race. But over at Sunland Park, 68 degrees, sunny skies, and the track is fast this afternoon. Six and a half furlongs the distance, $10,000 the claiming tag. These are New Mexico-bred three-year-olds and up that are non-winners of three races lifetime. Scratch number nine, Music's My Vice. Field of eight going to post in here. First bet, AI, says number seven, Dan Who who is up on the board at 12-1, to 1, is solidly the one to beat in this spot. So the first bet AI uh, knows something the betters don't, or vice versa, because the betters right now think it's between numbers 1, 3, and 4. Those runners are Tata's Joe Mark, uh, or Tata's Joe Mark, Mr. Big Rig, and Two-Step Jack. They are all between 2 and 3-1 to one right now on the wagering. Yeah, and one really interesting thing about this race is um, the riders. I mean, we've got Tracy Abair, uh, who's riding this race, who's over 60 years old now and has ridden sh- just shy of 4,300 winners. He's he's batting 32% at this meet. So he's, he's found a home on this circuit. He's been doing well there um, for several years now. And Ken Towhill, who has 4,170 winners, so, so there's two riders in here that between them have about 8,500 wins, and they're both on live horses. I mean, Mr. Big Rig, 
Um, he's got a real good chance in here. He, you know, he was gaining in his last race. Very high percentage connections. Um, he seems very live. Two step uh, Jack is kind of interesting because what do you do with this horse? I mean, <clears throat> that that last performance was so poor, and the uh, the uh, Kelsey Purcell uh, drops them out. Um, it's it's got to make you pretty uncomfortable betting on this horse. I mean. Um, she usually uh, rides for the stable, and she's absent here. And, and <clears throat> Towhill is on what looks to be the best closer in the race, who's uh, you know pretty handsome price at about six to one. That's Discovery in sight, the six. So uh, base, I'm giving the edge to uh, Mr. Big Rig, but I wouldn't be surprised. We've seen a, uh, in the races we watched in Sunland over the last couple of months, we've seen a lot of uh, la- late outside bids, and in these races tend to be filled with cheap speed and it sometimes it sets it up for a horse like discovery in sight but uh, everything seems to point to a huge effort from mr big rig all right so when you talk about kelsey purcell not riding two-step jack anymore and let's face it you and i do not cover sunland park as often as we do some of these other major racetracks that are running right now like gulfstream park and fairgrounds uh, but the fact of the matter is kelsey purcell who has ridden two-step jack uh, most of his recent races doesn't ride a lot of horses, and she doesn't win a lot of races. Alejandro Medellin, who picks up the mount on two-step jack, rides a lot more races in New Mexico, and, and to be perfectly honest, wins a lot more races, winning at about a 20% clip. So I would think most people would think that it's not so much Kelsey Purcell deciding not to ride two-step jack, but maybe the connections, Nancy Summers, who was a former rider herself, now a trainer, maybe just saying, we're going to put the better rider on. Could very well be. It's just that Kelsey Purcell has ridden this horse in eight of her last ten, rides a lot for the stable. Um, you know, it's it's again it's a very, very tough read. But that this horse is, you know, generally pretty consistent and just absolutely spat out the bit after a quarter mile last time, got bumped at the start. Very slight drop in class. It's just hard to back the horse with any confidence at all. Meanwhile, I like any time we get to hear the word spat in our uh, analysis, so I'm very – that was uh, strong by you. I can tell you this. Uh, <laughs> they have already arrived at the starting gate for the fifth at Sunland. In fact, the rider right now is off the two behind the gate, but everyone else is uh, preparing to load. Meanwhile, over at Gulfstream Park, uh, not surprisingly, they are taking their sweet time before they get to the gate uh, for this finale, of course, uh, last chance saloon, if you will, over at Gulfstream Park. Uh, so there's a chance we may actually get the Sunland race in before they get to the gate over at Gulfstream. They're still on the Definitely. dirt at Gulfstream. They have to cross over the synthetic track and get over to the turf. So let's stay over at Sunland Park for now. Last one going in. They're we'll about go to go. Sunland, then Gulfstream. Perfect. Here's the fifth race. Awesome. And there they go. Slow and destroyed, there was two-step Jack. Missed the kick by just a beat or two. Going out to the front, and it's a leisurely lead for Quantum Bull. Quantum Bull leads them out of the chute by a length. Their sense of urgency giving some token pressure. Second, three lengths behind that one. Mr. Big Rig gets excellent positioning in third. Followed by Tata's Joe Mark in fourth. Five long lengths off the pace is the late-running discovery inside. Two-step Jack trying to ascend now after the slow beginning. And at the back are both Dan Hu and coming abstraction. Through the backstretch they go. Quantum Bull getting a free pass. Pace-wise as he leads by three long lengths. Co-second.
Sense of urgency and Mr. Big Rig. Mr. Big Rig, those intent on getting near the lead, and here he comes. It's Mr. Big Rig going right on by. Quantum Bull now relegated to second, but still holding firm there. Sense of urgency stalled in third. Back into fourth, Tata's Joe Mark and the gray two-step Jack mired wide. They're into the top of the lane, and Mr. Big Rig continues that strong run. Begins to open up about a length on the embattled Quantum Bull. Have to find more. Tata's Joe Mark improving. Now acquiring second. It's Mr. Big Rig on his way to victory. Mr. Big Rig by two. Three widening lengths. It's Mr. Big Rig much the best. Second was Tata's Joe Mark. Third, Quantum Bull. Maybe fourth goes to Discovery in sight. Unofficially 3-1-8 in the fifth race at Sunland Park. Mr. Big Rig with Tracy A. Bear aboard gets the job done, closing from just off the pace to win going away in the fifth race at Sunland Park. We'll get you those prices in just a little bit. Back to Gulfstream Park. Horses has made their way onto the turf course for the ninth and final race on the Thursday card. Even money right now, the price, Bob, on number three, Whisper Knot, who uh, is, let's face it, facing a little bit softer competition today than what he's seen most of his career. This is a horse who I think at one point was a stake horse earlier in his career. He's been running against higher-level allowance optional claiming-type runners over the last couple of years and at times running very, very well against those uh, tough allowance types. Now he's in this optional claiming starter allowance condition and he's in for the fifty thousand dollar tag uh i don't know if he's ever run as low as 50 in his in his career certainly not in his last 10 starts uh public seems to think that that's going to be good enough to get him over the top and they're at the gate getting ready to load yeah no he had a really troubled trip last time and he only got beat three and uh three quarters there um, by tougher horse, you know, way tougher horses. Um, Ice Chocolate won the race. Uh, Saez rode him. Finished 10th, but got beat three and three quarters. The extra 16th of a mile today should help him out. Certainly the class drop. If he doesn't win this, uh, then he's clearly uh, uh, not in good form. But uh, I think it's going to be the Makers. Makers won two. All right. Whisper not even money as he goes. And whether he wins or not, I think there's a fair chance that he will be claimed out of this race for 50000 He's uh, just a newly turned seven-year-old, and he's obviously pretty durable, already uh, having run uh, nine times in basically the last 14 months. So uh, seems to be in good health, even if he's not in his best form right now. Maybe he's lost a step or two, but this spot might still be the right spot for Whisper Knot. And as Bob said, if it's not Whisper Knot, it could very well be the other maker, if you will, number eight, Samburu with Javier Castellano aboard. Now, somebody is causing a little bit of a problem at the starting gate, and I can tell you that because they're not showing the gate anymore. They're showing us horses yeah. that are uh, very calm, cool, and collected about 20 yards behind the gate, and the reason they're not showing us the starting gate is because somewhere along the way somebody has decided that just in case something really bad happens, they don't want it caught on camera. And this is not something that's just Gulfstream Park. It's just racing has decided uh, to do that. But uh, usually when there's a horse acting up at the gate or refusing to load, uh, they will eventually take the camera off and wait until he or she calms down and goes back in. And that has happened now as the loading process uh, continues for the finale at Gulfstream. Just a couple left to load. Desolator, Tyler Gaffleone, one from the outside. He'll be riding at, Mo at uh, Oaklawn Park on Saturday. And here's Sam Buru with Javier Castellano to complete the line. In the gate. And 
runner. So a good start for this favorite, Whisper Knot, who heads off for the early advantage. But Sambaru moves up and around to challenge, and Sambaru is the early leader with one lap to go. In hand second is Whisper Knot from between horses and angling off cover as Space Launch to be third. Then it's the gray Lord Eddard Stark racing in front of the team of Desolator and Ocala Dream. The early trailer is the late-running Mutawid. And the run to the clubhouse turn. Pretty easy lead for Sambaru. He's off the lead by two. Second is Whisper Not up on the outside. Space Launch is now third. The gray, Lord Eddard Stark, is fourth at the rail. Followed fifth by Desolator. Sixth at the fence is Ocala Dream. And seventh and last is Mutawid. The quarter time was 24-2. and two. They have less than six furlongs to run on the race. Sambaru carving out the numbers. He's a length and a half in front. Racing in second is Whisper Not. So Mike Maker, one, two. Space Launch is third. Lord Eddard Stark is at the rail in fourth, then Desolator. Down at the inside goes Ocala Dream, and the trailer is Mutawid. They went to half in 49-1. and one. These are very light fractions for the leader. Sambaru to the far turn, a length and a half in front. Whisper Knot is second, Space Launch is third, Lord Eddard Stark is fourth. Locked in is Ocala Dream, bracketed in by Desolator, and Mutawid is last. Around the far turn, now the pace quickens. It's Whisper Knot trying to go get Sambaru up front. Space Launch is now three wide. At the rail, Lord Eddard Stark. Two back to Desolator, then Ocala Dream, and they're at the top of the stretch. They move for home with three quarters complete and one twelve and four. Here comes Whisper Knot on the outside of Sambaru. Sambaru on the inside. Whisper Knot on the outside. It's a Mike Maker showdown with Lord Eddard Stark trying to spoil the party. Here comes Lord Eddard Stark lifting late. Whisper Knot digs in to win it. Second, Lord Eddard Stark. Third with Sambaru. Fourth with Space Launch in 141 flat. Unofficially, rather, 3, 4, 8, 6 in the ninth and final at Gulfstream Park. Big favorite, Whisper Knot, sitting a good trip just in behind his stablemate. Uh, kicked for the money going into the far turn. Was able to get by his stablemate, hold off the long shot, Lord Edward Stark, and get the job done in the finale at Gulfstream Park. We'll wrap it up in a few minutes. Need to get over to fairgrounds where it's 74 degrees under partly cloudy skies. Main track is fast. Turf course is firm today. Race number six. They're approaching the starting gate. An allowance event. These are Louisiana bred three-year-old fillies that are non-winners of two races lifetime. They're going to sprint six furlongs on the main track. Scratch number eight, Sassy Strutter. Field of seven going to post, but the fans say it's a field of one, Bob, and that one is number five, Freeburn, eight to five on the morning line. Heavy favorite, according to the betters, at one to five. Big choice on the first bet, AI. Yeah, I mean, I can't help but disagree with him. I think that's a that's a complete over bet. I, I just don't like the way Freeburn uh, finishes his races. I mean, Army Day in here, who won on the turf last time, pretty impressively is eight to one, the two-horse trained by Jade Gellner. Um, look, he's gonna Freeburn beat him uh, when when he broke his maiden Army Day. She finished her. I'm sorry, she finished fourth. Little Chili was real interesting last time, winning for Gary Shearer in the slop. Um, it's it's tough, but I could never take Freeburn at one to five in here. And I think that uh, the uh, Louisiana Bread Stakes winner Tap Galore, the six horse in here, is worth a look as well. So hard for me to separate the one, two, five, six, but certainly wouldn't take Freeburn. They're all in the gate. Race six at Fairgrounds. Rolling. They're off and sprinting. Fast start for Bohemian Jiggles. There's Freeburn quickly set alight by Brian Hernando Jr., but it's Bohemian Jiggles who just leads them for Jose Guerrero. 
Fighting for a hat trick of wins on the card and the favorite Freeburn tracks. Toward the inside is Army Day right there looking to punch through. Bohemian Jiggles holds her ground to a half mile from home. She smiled at me with on the outside custom sunshine. Tap Galore is running second to last and after a couple of furlongs, Little Chili has dropped back to seventh and last. The opening quarter in 22.69 seconds here in the breezy Big Easy. They have three furlongs to go and at even money, Freeburn has taken the front for Bohemian Jiggles who's second at the inside custom sunshine is running a close third. She smiled at me fourth. Army Day fifth with the rail. Then comes three wide. Tap galore. And Bill Chili is last as these three-year-old fillies come for the quarter pole. Freeburn, top of the stretch. It's Freeburn, half mile and 47.33 seconds for Brian Hernandez, Jr. It's Freeburn. The daughter of Matoli carries a three, four-length lead into the final furlong. Army Day with custom sunshine in the white cap. Tap galore. And on the outside, Bill Chili with a late bid. Bohemian Jiggles dropped away. Freeburn. And Freeburn. Freeburn has finished them off. It's Freeburn. Freeburn finishes on top by three and a half from Army Day. Custom Sunshine third, the Little Chilean Tepcalor. Unofficially 5-2-7-1 in the sixth race at Fairgrounds. Number five, Freeburn. This is something you don't normally see, Bob. Freeburn was 8-5 to five on the morning line, 1-5 to five as they were loading into the starting gate. Wins easily and drifts up to even money. I mean, you almost never, ever see that happen. And we've seen it twice on the show because the same thing uh, happened with much smaller pools at uh, Sunland when Mr. Big Rig went in the gate at 6-5 to five and ended up paying 5-2. to two. So maybe it's a trend in the right direction. Uh, Little Chili's the one that took all the late money, went from 9-2 to two to 8-5 to five, uh, in, the, in the last flash there. So pretty wild and Freeburn. Uh, made a lot more appeal at evens and really won the race at the start. Just broke so sharply, uh, you know, against a lightly experienced uh, field and, and uh, you know, uh, fended off a long shot and, uh, you know, a few others took aim. And then when uh, he kicked in, or I'm sorry, she kicked in, this daughter of Matoli, uh, she was really impressive in the last furlong. I, I apologize. I, I wish I was paying attention to the pools. I would like to know personally whether it was the fact that the one – took a lot of late action or if there was canceling money canceled on the winner because that that's just a huge lift up in price you almost never see something like that happen i would love to know what the pools looked like going into the gate and what they looked like uh when the race went official as far as how much was bet to win on the one and the five but uh i don't know if we can check that out maybe some of our listeners were paying attention and they can enlighten us well, uh before we go to break bob and we're running a little bit against the clock here uh as we opened the show we heard the stretch run of the, one of two grade three stakes that was run last saturday at laurel park the general george uh this was uh, four-year-olds and up sprinting seven furlongs and uh, locally-based runner post-time, who seems like he never, ever loses. And the fact is he's only won- lost once in his career. He was bet down to 1-5. to five, And he's just a running son of a you-know-what. He just wins and wins and wins, and it doesn't matter what kind of adversity he gets. He had to alter course. He's on behind horses. But he has a good stretch kick, and he is, a, he is the real deal. I'm telling you, he's, the only time he lost was in the Perryville at Keeneland. And, uh, you know, it's always tough at Keeneland. And he didn't run a bad race at all that day. And he's just getting better and better and better. I mean, that was really impressive. The other day, this Maryland bred by Frosted out of a Fairbanks mare. It'll be interesting as he goes along throughout this campaign because he already appears to be 
one of the better sprinters in in the uh, country, which is you know kind of developing into sort of a weak division. But uh, his damn Vilsalm was a really nice mare, and she improved steadily throughout her career. It'll be interesting to see when they're going to try him around the mile. Uh, you know, if you know if he can stay a mile on the dirt, it'll, it'll really broaden his horizons. But he's a really cool uh, four-year-old gray colt to follow here, who's, who ought to really make an impact on the national level this year. Covered the seven furlongs in one twenty-three and one, uh, almost a full two seconds faster than Apple Picker ran the same distance in the Grade Three Barbara Fritchie just about 30 minutes prior. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we owe you prices from Sunland, Gulfstream, and Fairgrounds. We've got more live racing to come. And, of course, we've got to talk about what happened in the Risen Star last weekend. First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. Look out, world, we're getting strong. The future's here and we belong. Learn more at Cheek and Stem. A message brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi there, it's Scott from Pentatonix. So from the beginning of our journey in music, the foundation has been music education. It's so incredibly important that we continue to show kids the importance of music in our schools, in our homes, and even in the car. Music is such a powerful expression of emotion and individuality, and we are responsible for keeping the love for music alive. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. I'm William Shatner. I've been around a long time, but I'm truly humbled when I see the real battles our brave, paralyzed veterans have faced defending our freedom and when they come home. I had just come home from serving over in Germany. Next thing I know, it was three weeks later. I was paralyzed. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. I broke my neck. It left me paralyzed for the rest of my life. I was on a routine patrol, and uh, we were in the desert of Kuwait, and the vehicle flipped and landed on top of me, which uh, left me paralyzed from the waist down. Okay, folks, this, this, this is heroism. That's why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America, because they've kept their promise to never leave a fallen soldier behind. A roof over the heads, accessible homes, cars, jobs, benefits. PBA has brought me back to life. Show them their sacrifice hasn't been in vain. Go to pva.org to learn how you can make a difference. HRRN is live online. Go to our website at horseracingradio.net to stream all of our broadcasts live or listen to the show archives anytime. Read our blogs, get the latest news, and see our entire broadcast schedule. It's all there at horseracingradio.net. And follow us on Twitter at HRRN and like our page on Facebook. Search Apple Podcasts for HRRN and download our latest shows. HRRN is home to racing's biggest events, and our home on the web is at horseracingradio.net. Radio.net. You're listening to the First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Chasing freedom is four wide. Be dancer, real men, violin toward the inside as they turn for home after three quarters in one minute fourteen point seventy four seconds. Track Phantom charging on the outside as resilience. Hall of Fame flattens out. Chasing freedom, trying to keep a straight. 
path end. Sierra Leone charging hard on the outside. It's Track Phantom, Resilience, chasing freedom in tight quarters between horses. Sierra Leone on the outside for Tyler Gaffleone. Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone, Track, Track Phantom down. Chasing freedom third and Resilience finished fourth in the Resistar. John Dooley on the call this past Saturday. The featured event out at the fairgrounds was a points qualifier on the road to this year's Kentucky Derby. The grade two risen star and a mile and an eighth on a very sloppy and sealed racetrack. And Sierra Leone put it all together and surged past the pace setter track phantom in the final strides to win by a half a length as the mild favorite at odds of five to two. Welcome back to the First Bet Racing Show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. We owe you some prices from everywhere, so we'll start over at Sunland Park, Bob, where the fifth race on the card went to one of the ones that you thought had a big chance in here, number three, Mr. Big Rig. He's a six-year-old chestnut gelding by Wright Rigger out of the Hennessy Mare Island Shine, owned by Todd yeah, Fortish, trained by Joy Marlin, who I know pretty well, Tracy Bear, winning rider on Mr. Big Rig. Yeah, the Marlin Barn's on fire. Mr. Big Rig uh, was the three, paid seven forty to win, four dollars to place, two sixty to show. Tata's Joe Mark the one, four sixty to place, five dollars to show, and the eight Quantum Bull paid three dollars to show. The one dollar exacto three one twenty three ten. The one dollar try three one eight one hundred and seventy one forty. The one dollar superfecta three one eight six. $619.90. Joy Marlin used to be a chart caller for Equibase. And Fantastic. she actually was the chart caller at the Downs at Albuquerque and Santa Fe when I was the track announcer there 30 years ago. I think, I don't, I, I don't know if it's still, I think at one point she married former jockey Jamie Terrio, or The Riot, if you want to call him that. Um, oh yes. I don't know if if they are an item anymore, but I uh, she is obviously a, a very smart gal with a small stable that's doing do very very well. I think now three wins from five starters at this uh, Sunland Park meet. So good for Joy Marlin. Uh, glad that she is having some se- success in the field of training racehorses. Over at Gulfstream Park, Bob ninth and final race. On the card went to the favorite, number three, Whisper Not, a seven-year-old Bay Gelding by Poet's Voice out of the Dan Silly Mare, Poyle Meg, owned by Paradise Farms Corp. and David Staudicker, trained by Mike Maker with Jose Ortiz. Yeah, Whisper Not uh, paid 380 to win, 260 to place, 220 to show. The wild card in the race in their first time ever stepping on the Gulf, Gulfstream Park uh, turf course was Lord Eddard Stark. It went off at 20 to 1 and really rallied strongly. Came in second, split the two makers, uh, paid $11 to place, $5 to show. And Sam Buru had it all his own way, as expected on the front end. Held on for third, paid 280 to show. The $1 exacto, 3 4, 29 20. The 50 cent trifecta, 3 4, 8, 44, 45. And the one, I'm sorry, the $1 superfecta, 3 4, 8, 6. $312.90. Over at Fairgrounds, results of their sixth race have gone official, and it was the favorite, number five, Freeburn, who ran away and hid down the stretch. Three-year-old Bay Philly by Matoli out of the Tapazar Mare Firefoot, owned by Cato Grove Farms and trained by Steve Asmussen with Brian Hernandez, Jr.
yeah, outbroke the field and really was just too much on the uh, class drop here. Uh, Freeburn is very good, and, and uh, she paid uh, 420 to win, 220 to place, 210 to show. Good effort by Army Day uh, coming from off the pace to snare second, paid $4 to place, 320 to show. Custom Sunshine, the 7, paid 480 to show. The $1 exact of 52, $4.80. The fifty cent try five two seven seventeen seventy, and the ten cent super five two seven one ninety three dollars and ten cents. Folks, did you know Verizon is now offering customers a free iPhone thirteen or up to eight hundred dollars to put towards a new five G phone? This offer is available for all customers, both new and current, with select trade in and select five G unlimited plans. Verizon's best 5G unlimited plans offer up to $90 per month of value, the most included value in the industry, and include incredible savings in the most popular entertainment like Disney+, Hulu, ESPN+, Apple Music, and more. So turn in your old 4G device, walk away with a brand new 5G device at your local Verizon store today. Bob, I was uh, wishing that I was with Verizon earlier today instead of the carrier that I have when it seemed like the entire country <laughs> didn't have phone service. I was a little bit worried because tomorrow on Betting with Bobby, we are supposed to speak with trainer Kenny McPeak, and we are going to be doing that over the phone. He is going to be uh, – he's actually – he's making a long drive tomorrow from the fairgrounds to Oaklawn Park where he runs one in the finale at Oaklawn, and then he's got horses uh, in the Rebel and in the Honey Bee and I think in the Razorback, and we're just going to ask him about everything that's going on this weekend. But I was a little bit worried. Like, this is going to be hard to do this interview if I can't call anybody. But uh, thankfully – uh, whatever issues uh, this company was having nationwide seem to be resolved. Yeah, that's pretty significant stuff. It's amazing to uh, even go a half hour without your phone these days. Uh, but, you know, yeah, do ask him about Mystic Dan. I expected Mystic Dan back in the Rebel, but obviously uh, here and plenty in the Southwest and got a bunch of points, and they're probably yeah, pointing him towards a race at uh, – probably the bluegrass i would think but uh, yeah, i, I read somewhere that he's going to skip and just go to the arkansas derby but i'm going to definitely ask him about okay. that uh tomorrow and we will have well, once again we'll have kenny mcpeak on during the four to six hour of betting with bobby tomorrow afternoon um over at sunland park they are uh, about two minutes away from post time for the sixth race on the friday card uh, before we get to it, speaking of the Rebel Stakes, I should let everybody know this. Uh, you can test your handicapping skills this Saturday with the First Bet Rebel Stakes Day $25,000 Exactathon, if that's a word. This loaded prize will be split two <laughs> ways $20,000 hit and split among all players who make winning Exacta bets on at least six different races at Oaklawn on Saturday plus a $5,000 bonus to the player or players who hit the most exactas on the card. So you're really going to have to uh, not only put your handicapping hats on, but obviously have some racing luck on your side. But uh, plenty of money to be made in the Rebel Stakes Day $25,000 exactathon on first bet this Saturday. All right, back over to Sunland Park, sixth race on the card, six furlongs the distance, $5,000 the claiming tag, New, New Mexico bred, three-year-olds and up, non-winners of two races since August 22nd, or non-winners of four races lifetime, field of 10, 
going to post in this race. Very slight choice for the first bet. AI is the favorite number eight. Where does the cash go? Five to two on the morning line. Two to one. Slight favorite right now in the wagering. Yeah, no. Where where does the cash go? Uh, not only one last time, but he won authoritatively and got a pretty big figure from it. Uh, look, kind of looks like the speed of the speed. I think kind of kind of hard to oppose at three to two, but this race is just loaded with speed. In fact, all the contenders seem to uh, want the front end, including the one horse biscuit catcher, the two horse diabolical ruler. Um, I kind of plucked one um, out of the uh, PPs here that I found rather interesting, and it's the six tsunami gold, uh, trained by Martin Arona Sr. and ridden by Jose Vasquez, new rider today. Um, as Arona takes over uh, the training of Tsunami Gold from Thomas Pierce. Um, drops in class, significant drop in class, as it has a workout February 13th. And the horse just loves Sunland, four for six in the money with a win here, and is pretty consistent overall, 12 for 19 in the money. So I think Tsunami Gold is definitely worth a look at a huge price. All right, as you mentioned, 16 to 1 right now on the board as the horses make their way toward the starting gate over in Sunland Park, New Mexico. It's actually West Texas, right on the border of New Mexico and Texas, um, but that's where it is uh, in the El Paso region, Sunland Park. I, I would say in general, uh, is it fair to say that more known for quarter horse racing than thoroughbred racing or about 50-50? I'd say 50-50, and it's, you know, it's an unincorporated community officially in New Mexico, which obviously qualifies it as part of the New Mexico racing circuit. And I think sort of its claim to fame from when we were, were younger, Bob, is that uh, it's where Jerry Bailey started his career and, and, and you know, cut his teeth there and uh, did quite well uh, before he hit the national stage. I know they used to have a fun place to go across the border in Juarez called Prince Machabelli's, which I don't know if it still exists anymore, and it's uh, probably not stories I should be telling anyway. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to. I don't know where that story was going to lead, but I better cut it off right here at the pass with that. Uh, right at right at, the, right at the start of the load of the gate. I have yeah. been to Sunland Park. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are, yeah. We, what happens in Juarez the stays there, but yeah, they are. At, that, yeah, well, I hope you're right. Uh, I, they are at the gate and loading in for this sixth race at Sunland Park. And um, uh, they give us – does this mean anything to you? This is one of the tracks – there are a few around the country that give us a stopwatch with the gate load time, which I don't, I don't know – I mean, are there people writing this stuff down? Is it, are, are you using this in your hand? Well, it took them uh, 58 seconds only to load last time out. And the time before it was two and a half minutes, and he's just not good when he's in the gate that long. I, I don't, I don't understand. Now they're doing well right now. They, they're doing very well. And Fairgrounds has to be number one in the country. Here they go. Yeah, six race at Sunland, <laughs> and they're off fast and stride as expected. Where does the cash go? Goes right to the front. Going to be chased by Awesome Storm in second. Diabolical Ruler just off the pace third. Biscuit Snatcher with that rails draws also trying to ascend. Behind them, Hart Charlie's got about two to gain. Behind him is Tsunami. Gold wide on the track will be Golden Band. Even wider down the back stretch is Black Eyed Bandit, who's about three in front from Color Me Gone and trailing by seven 
is Boomer Who. It's where does the cash go? Leading clearly. By about a length. Hot Charlie applying pressure. Diabolical ruler will have to quicken. He's got four to gain. Behind him is the wide running golden band. In the meanwhile, where does the cash go? Incomplete control of the pace and he's widening. Where does the cash go? Opening up by about three. With Hot Charlie still giving chase second. Diabolical ruler hasn't given up. He's trying to take over second. A distant black eyed bandit comes next. It's where does the cash go? Still leading by two. Diabolical ruler, the second choice, is in second. And that's where he's going to stay. Because where does the cash go is long gone. Where does the cash go? One by an open four lengths. Diabolical ruler, second, third. Color be gone in fourth. Hot Charlie. Unofficially 8257 in the sixth race at Sunland Park. First bet AI had it right. The betters had it right. Number eight, where does the cash go? Getting back to back wins broke on top. Really no pressure at all, Bob, and just went all the way to the wire. Second win already during his nine year old campaign. Yeah, no, he's just in excellent form right now. And you know, he had he had an okay two thousand twenty three, but uh these last two races, uh, he's definitely back to his best and uh, won the race at the start. It's Dick, Dick Capolucci out there, very high percentage uh, stable. And Alfredo Juarez, who is one of those riders that, that can ride just about anywhere, um, looks like his main man. They they hit at a 28% clip together in the last 60 days, a much the best winner, and clearly speed of the speed. All right, we will get those prices in just a little bit. They're coming onto the track. We've got about six minutes to post for the seventh race at Fairgrounds. So before we get to this race, Bob, let's talk a little bit about what we saw at the Fairgrounds last weekend, a uh, major qualifier on the road to this year's Kentucky Derby in the Risen Star Stakes, uh, 50 qualifying points uh, to the winner, and the winner was the favorite, Sierra Leone, who was coming off a, a very game second-place performance in the Remsen where he looked like he had every chance to win uh, but was very green down the stretch. And I I don't know if it was him costing himself the win or Dornuck fighting back and getting the win, but whatever it was, uh, the blinkers went on this past week. He ran a much straighter course. I don't even think he liked the sloppy track, and he still got up to win. He gets 50 Kentucky Derby points for the win, and as we talked about last week, Bob, 50 Derby points basically guarantees him a spot in the Kentucky Derby if that's where they want to be. He's a very exciting three-year-old Colt. That was his third lifetime start. I mean, Track Phantom, who's just been awesome at fairgrounds this meet, it basically is the yardstick of an outstanding three-year-old performance. He had a, he broke sharply under Rosario, had it all his own way, and Sierra Leone, on talent alone, skipped over the top of that slop uh, under Tyler Gaffleone, who rode him perfectly and won by a half length, and it was a 10-wide move. I mean, it was, it was a, a the same kind of move he made in the Remsen, but he's you know he's he's matured um, since the Remsen. I'm not sure if the blinkers made too much of a di- uh, of a difference, but this was a really good field. Catching Freedom was in there. Honor Honor Marie, um, Hall of Fame uh, was in there. I mean, it's a d- deep field. It's amazing for four hundred thousand dollars at the fairgrounds. The Risen Star looks to me looks to me you know looking at these two races came up tougher than the one point two million dollar Rebel. But uh, now Sierra Leone, um, if you didn't like him before, um, take notice because he he's uh, he's really impressive. And like you said, I think he you know who, who knows he might be as good or better on a fast track. 
Well, we're going to get to see him at a different racetrack next time out. According to his trainer, Chad Brown, he is not going to be coming back for the Louisiana Derby, but instead routing to Keeneland for the Bluegrass for his uh, ultimate prep, uh, if you will, before uh, hopefully heading to the Kentucky Derby first Saturday in May. So one thing about Sierra Leone is, um, you know, he, he's running at different tracks every time. He ran very well at Aqueduct in the Remsen. He ran very well at Fairgrounds. Uh, on a sloppy track in the Risen Star. Uh, he's going to try Keeneland uh, for the first time. We'll see what kind of track condition he gets there and then trying Churchill Downs. But, uh, you know, you won't have to worry about him taking his track with him. So far, so good. Basically, everywhere he's run, he's run very, very well. He hasn't always run a straight course, but it seems like he's learning and getting better and better. And uh, the other thing that I liked about him last time out is that he wasn't as far back last Saturday as I think a lot of people thought he was going to be. Um, he was only, I, I think at worst, like six and a half lengths behind at the first call. And I think a lot of people who were handicapping the race were worried that, you know, he was going to be 10 or 12 lengths back at the first call and trying to weave his way through and whatever. He still had to be forced very, very wide turning for home. And maybe he's just a horse that would rather be outside of other horses and it's easier to do that. Um, but eventually, you know, he he's probably going to have to work his way through. I, I don't think that's the type of trip that wins the Kentucky Derby, you know, going five wide on the first turn and eight wide on the second turn. That's just a whole lot of ground you're going to have to make up. So we'll see if, uh, if he's a horse that's uh, able to kind of weave and bob and tuck and all that stuff and go inside and outside or you know if they just prefer to keep him on the outside whatever it was Tyler Gaffleone uh hit all the right buttons on Sierra Leone and he looked really good in winning the Risen Star last week and we should also mention that Tarifa uh looked very good in winning the Rachel Alexandra one race prior uh she was the five to two second choice in the wagering I was actually surprised she was that short in the wagering. The filly I like, Vivi's dream, was beyond awful that day. But Tarifa was very, very good under Flavian Pratt, and she looks like a filly with a bright future as well, and I'm guessing is headed toward the Kentucky Oaks one way or the other. Uh, Bob, let's get over to Fairgrounds right now. Seventh race on the card. They're uh, getting close to post time. About a mile on the turf for maiden three-year-olds and up in for a $30,000 tag. We've got a field of 10 going to post in this race. First bet, AI, uh, believe it or not, says that it's number one, Hogslayer's RIP, where you want to have your money 20 to one on the morning line, but bet in half down to nine to one right now. The betters are behind number three, Athens Moon, have him as the nine to five favorite as they approach post time. Yeah, very interesting entrant in here, and that's the two little Nick uh, who comes from, uh, basically, it'll be his fifth racetrack in his fifth in his fifth start. He's a four-year-old gelding, raced on the dirt at Ellis, Kentucky Downs, Keeneland, and Gulfstream on the turf. Ran a big race, got beat a half length. Not in for a tag. Um, for uh, I'm sorry, was in for a tag. Made an optional, claiming 40 on January 5th. Got beat a half length, and Carlo Vacareza, uh sends him up to New Orleans and taps Seraphin Carmona to ride, who's won for his last 120. That was an interesting booking. Um, he's a five-pound bug. Used to be the Gallup boy for Simon Callahan back in the day. I remember uh, watching interviews of Carmona when he was riding that outstanding Philly Moonshine Memories. 
Very interesting to see what he does, and, and very live on the board. He keeps getting bet all the way down to 2-1. to one. Athens Moon, sort of an obvious contender. I thought this was a really deep race. Can't entirely dismiss the uh, 5. He's 38-1 to one regimental. Chris Hartman has the 10 horse in here, looks live, and is 14-1 to one on the board. I felt like the 9 horse, uh, Betera, who's 9-1, to one, is a must-include. Um, the dam of that horse was Riley's Choice, who was a, a really good stakes horse in, uh, on the grass in Merrill, and that's uh, C.J. McMahon riding for Al Stahl. Just a really, really deep race. I I went deep on a pick three ticket. I think ring, ringside's interesting here for David Cohen and and, and uh, Kameho. Um, beat a horse who came back and won uh, its maiden easily. So tough, tough race. Hard for me to even select one, so I, I went uh, deep in my pick three ticket. Well, as far as I'm concerned, if you're, if you're going deep, you might as well hit the all button. I don't know your theory on this, Bob, but we've talked about it over the years. And uh, I'm not a big fan of, of the all but one or all but two button. Usually, usually that thinking is that, listen, I don't have a very good idea in this race. I'm not going to just try to save 4 or $8 here by leaving one or two out. And I actually made a really, really nice hit a few years ago in a pick four in the Breeders' Cup in the, because the Breeders' Cup mile I alled when Order of Australia won, and he would have been the first one I pitched in the race. But I didn't have a good idea in the race, and instead of hitting all but one, two, or three of them, I just hit all, and lo and behold, Order of Australia wins that you know nobody even – you know, nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew the rider who was riding him, and he wins. And the pick three, the pick four, comes back good with horses like Monomoy Girl uh, winning in the sequence as well. So I, I'm a big fan of the all button. By the way, number two, Little Nick, just pushed the front of the gates open. Uh, he did not come out, and the uh, one of the assistant starters has come back around to close the front of the stalls, but uh, he was a little bit anxious and uh, kind of nudged gate two open. Now that it's back closed, waiting for the outside runner, and John Dooley has the call of race seven down at fairgrounds. They're in the gate. And they're off. Ringside broke well. Little Nick, Athens Moon, and the white cap is forward. And there goes God of Wine. And toward the inside, Hogslayers, RIP, and the Navy Silks. As they make their way toward the first turn, it's Athens Moon, who just leads out from God of Wine, who gets position. Hogslayers, RIP, came with the rail there at seven feet as they turn. Then on the outside comes Ringside in the top four. Little Nick is a ground-saving fifth. Papa Jojo is sixth. Then comes Cessnola, saving ground in seventh. Batera is eighth, while three clear from Regimental. And Sweet Present trails the maiden turf. 23.63 lead seconds, making this run toward the half-mile pole with Corey Lennery. It's Athens Moon, the son of Nyquist. Athens Moon generates the pace, a length and a half to God of Wine. Hogslayers RIP, and on the outside is Ringside running in fourth. Then comes Little Nick, fifth with the rail. Papa Jojo, who's racing a length in front to Batera. Cessnola being asked to pick up four furlongs out. And then comes regimental and the trailer remains sweet present in 10th position the half mile in 48.35 seconds as they traverse the far side of the fairgrounds course it's athens moon athens moon doing this nicely out in front and leads god of wine with ringside in third then comes hug slayers r.i.p who's been saving ground throughout the mile papa jojo and the red cap spun wide they come for home it's athens moon for Corey lannery after three quarters in one minute 13.60 seconds now with the wind in her sails athens moon's a furlong away it's athens moon in what is been a front runner's day. God of Wine continues to chase the pace. Ringside's one paced and charging now is Batera. And then toward the inside comes Papa Jojo, Little Nick, and Hawkslayer's RIP with Corey Lannery. Athens Moon 
Wire to wire by two. God of Wine was second, but Terra third, and then ringside and Papa Jojo. Unofficially 3, 10, 9, 4 in the seventh race at Fairgrounds. Number three, Athens Moon takes the lead. Never looks back on a day where you heard it there from John Dooley. The front runners have been doing very well. Oh, this is the horse that ran the last furlong in just a shade over uh, 12 seconds. Uh, biggest uh, drop in class in racing from Maiden Special Weight Company all the way down to Maiden Claiming 30. First time in for a tag. Nice son of uh, Nyquist. And uh, I'll tell you why I don't hit the all button, Bob. Every single time I hit the all button, the average win payoff's about like this, 8 to 5. And uh, when you when Order of Australia won the Breeders' Cup uh uh, turf mile there for you. Um, you're hitting the all button with a horse trained by Aiden O'Brien who doesn't really ship him over from Ireland uh, for a laugh. Um, so uh, in a race like this and a maiden claiming 30, I think, I mean, I, 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 I got to save myself um, some money. I mean, there's, there's no way I could have thrown the uh, six and the seven on my ticket for a pair. So um, it's just uh, it's just one of those things. I mean, uh, but uh, Athens Moon won pretty easily against this bunch. Folks, it's tournament season at first, and the next big one at Santa Anita Gulfstream and Express Bet is the Ultimate Betting Challenge on Saturday, March 2nd. The Ultimate Betting Challenge, or UBC for short, features every race at Gulfstream on Fountain of Youth Day and every race at Santa Anita on Big Cap Day, making it a true full-day coast-to-coast betting extravaganza. Buy in for $6,000, 5000 of which is your bankroll, and compete against players from around the country for massive cash prizes and NHC seats. First, we'll seed four NHC seats to the prize pool, and all cash entry fees will be distributed back as prizes. At 150 players, that's $150,000 in cash prizes, plus those four NHC seats. Play in the UBC on-site at Gulfstream or Santa Anita or jump online with ExpressBet. Head over to expressbet.com forward slash tournaments for more information and to register to play. All right, we're going to take the time out. When we come back, we'll get you paid at Sunland and Fairgrounds. We've got more live racing to come and more derby preps to look back to. This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No. I'm asking it questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Don't you wish your life came with a warning app? Stop. That dog does not want to be petted. (laughs) Just a little heads up before something bad happens. Move your coffee cup away from your computer. Oh, no, 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 no. So you can have more control. Stop. You're texting your boss by mistake. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Warning, the cap is loose on that catch-up. Don't wait. You have the power to change the outcome. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Small cell lung cancer can affect anyone, not only smokers. The good news is early lung cancer screenings can detect small cell lung cancer before it spreads when the disease is most treatable. Join Stand Up to Cancer and Jazz Pharmaceuticals to raise awareness of small cell lung cancer and accelerate the pace of research. Ask your healthcare provider about screening options that might be right for you or a loved one. Visit standuptocancer.org slash lung to learn more. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba, please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Trainer Talk, presented by Phasing Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall of Fame trainer Nick Zito on Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Shug McGahee, nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk, the biggest names in horse racing. Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Strong goal trying to pull away by about a length. Lucky Jeremy will have to find more. Then back into third. A lot of luck. They're straightening away now. Can Stronghold finish the deal? He's in front by about a length, getting out of bed, but he's well clear. Stronghold showing class down the Southern Derby leads. Lucky Jeremy trying, but not catching. It's going to be Stronghold to deliver. These are Southern Derby champion by two lengths. Lucky Jeremy and a lot of luck are in a photo for second. Fourth, Curlin's Chaos. That was a stretch run of this past Sunday's Grade 3 Sunland Park Derby, won by the Southern California-based Stronghold for trainer Phil D'Amato. Stronghold rallying from just off the pace to win going away. 20 Kentucky Derby points for the victory. Not enough to get him into the Derby field yet, but he is uh, gathering momentum and still has plenty of time to accrue more points. We'll see where he goes next off that impressive win at Sunland Park. Welcome back to the First Bet Racing Show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, Folks, the world's richest horse race is this Saturday, the $20 million Saudi Cup in Riyadh. First Bet is giving you cash back every race up to $10 each time the horse you bet to win comes in second or third. With nine major races on the card worth over $30 million combined, this is one Saturday that you don't want to miss. Uh, Speaking of Sunland Park, Bob, we owe some prices at Sunland for race number six, where it was the favorite number eight, where does the cash go, going wire to wire. He's a nine-year-old chestnut gelding by Southwestern Heat out of the Forest Wildcat Mare Wildcat Diva, owned by Tony Carnes and Dick Capalucci. Dick Capalucci also the trainer. Alfredo Juarez Jr., the rider. Yeah, another um, horse winning at odds against that won like an odds-on horse. Uh, where does the cash go? Broke about a length and a half on top and cruised. Paid 460 to win, 260 to place, 260 to show. Good effort by the speedy diabolical ruler. Paid 280 to place, 260 to show. Color be gone. Picked up the pieces. Paid 680 to show. One dollar exact to eight two five fifty. One dollar trifecta eight two five forty three forty. 
$1 Superfecta, eight two five seven two hundred and seventy four dollars even. All right, let's get the fairgrounds prices in while we have a chance. Seventh race on the card there went to number three, Athens Moon, a four-year-old Bay Colt by Nyquist out of the Hennessy Mare Gasp, owned by Riley McDonald, trained by Al Stahl Jr. with Corey Lannery. Yeah, again, making the huge class drop from Maiden Special Weight Company into Maiden Claiming 30 and winning at kind of an appealing price. Uh, paid 520 to win. Uh, looked like he should be shorter. And uh, 520 to win, 340 to place, 260 to show on Athens Moon. The 10 God of Wine chased all the way around. Gamely held second, 1040 to place, and 640 to show. And the uh, stall stable mate of the winner, Athens Moon, uh, Athens Moon Batira, paid 480 to show. The $1 exacta, 310, 2230. The 50-cent trifecta, 310, 9, 84, 20. The $1 Superfecta, 310 $1,077.70. Over at Sunland Park, they're just a couple minutes away from post time for race 7 on the Thursday card. Five furlongs the distance, $6,250. The claiming price, three-year-olds and up that are non-winners of three races. Lifetime scratch numbers 11 and 12. Big field of 10 going to post. Two of them vying for favoritism right now. Number one, Stafford to cup for Todd Fincher and Erwin Resendo, two-to-one favorites in the wagering. Second choice is the six T-Roy for Jose Gonzalez Jr. and Alfredo Juarez Jr. And that six T-Roy is also the selection of the first bet AI. Yeah, this is interesting. Stafford to cup the one horse who's 9-5 to five in the morning line was claimed by the very high percentage Todd Fincher uh, off of the very high percentage Dick Capolucci for 8000 on January 26th. Fincher gets the horse, and of course he's the trainer of Senior Buscador, uh, outstanding uh, top-class older horse in the country. And he, he drops the horse from uh, 8000 into 6250 uh, non-three. So there's a couple ways you can look at that. Is it an aggressive spot? Uh, certainly looks at or is he unhappy with the horse? Um, you know, I think the horse is going to get bet down late. Serpico RSS is interesting. Crossed the line in first at this level on February 8th and was DQ'd for causing interference at the start. Um, T. Roy, I thought was of interest in here. He's a horse that uh, hails from a barn that's one for 26 on the meet, but he's the winner. Um, and he, he uh, he's a New Mexico bred, so he gets in for the $10,000 tag here, and Juarez takes them out. So I thought T. Roy was worth a look, but it's uh, difficult for me to oppose Stafford to Cup. Bob Al Pacino was in a lot of good movies during his career. Serpico may be my favorite of his movies. Do you remember that movie from the early 70s? Absolutely. It, I mean, it, I didn't no, see it in the theater, Bob. No, either did nor I. Nor did you. Either did I, but I've seen it many times since. And if you haven't seen Serpico, the gist is Serpico is a cop in New York City, and he is an honest cop amongst a lot of not-so-honest cops. And um, <laughs> he is basically persecuted by his colleagues because uh, he refuses to take under-the-table money, payoffs, things like that, uh, shakedown money, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the other, the, the majority of the cops that he is working with and around don't trust him because he's not, you know, he refuses to go along. He, he's not doing anything to them. He's not saying that they can't do it. He just doesn't want to be a part of it. So they don't trust him. And it turns out, yeah, 
it's based on a true story. And um, I guess, I, I, I think in real life, uh, the officer Serpico, when he retired, moved to Europe uh, to live out the rest of his years. I don't know if he's still living or not. Um, but basically, you know, he was, he was a hated guy. Uh, very similar to, uh, in some ways to the character in the movie American Gangster, uh, uh, the, car- the cop who found a million dollars in unmarked bills and instead of, you know, keeping any of it, he turned it all in. And, all, you know, all the other cops couldn't believe it and they just looked at him sideways like, what in the heck are you doing? Um, but this was a true story with Serpico doing this. And uh, I thought it was fantastic. I don't know if it was the best role that Al Pacino's ever had. I mean, he has had so many great roles and more iconic roles than that. But I loved that story. I don't know how it's going to affect Serpico RSS's chances in this upcoming seventh race at Sunland. But you don't see the name Serpico too often these days. So it kind of put a smile on my face. Yeah, it kicked your memory into high gear. And again, your uh, movie recall is way better than mine. I'm one of those people that... uh, even movies that make an impact on me to an extent. I kind of forget about them on the way home, including their title. But uh, I guess Serpico and Rain Man would be uh, – or no, it was Rain Man's uh, Dustin Hoffman. Yes, you're, you're yeah, confused. No, but but if, now, now if, yeah. if there's a horse with the name like Dog Day Afternoon, that one might kick my memory into high gear as well for Al Pacino. Uh, meanwhile, that's yeah, all yeah, fun and games. At, They're about to run yeah. five furlongs over at Sunland Park. We are just waiting Under a minute for- on the load. We're just waiting for the 10 Dinos to Daddy to move to the outside gate. And here's the call, race seven. Just about set for a start. And they're off. Coming away most alertly were Autism Warrior and T-Roy. Also on the scene is Serpico RSS. Serpico RSS leading narrowly from T-Roy. Then in third is Stafford to Cup. Very good positioning for that one. Just a length back and forth. Thoughts of gold. Coming now is Autism Warrior once again. That one about two lengths in front from Wind River, who's got a span of seven back to Aquamine. And he's got about a half length on Gambling Cowboy. And the rest are MGM's Lucky. And far out of it, Dino's to Daddy. With less than a quarter mile still to go, T-Roy now taking control. It's T-Roy, the gray, leading confidently by two, three wide open lengths. Serpico RSS can say no more about it. Stafford the Cup has thrown in the towel for sure. They're in deep stretch now with T-Roy. Well on his way to a spectacular win. T-Roy by six long lengths. Serpico RSS second, maybe third to Aquamine and Thoughts of Gold fourth. Unofficially 6-3 in a show photo between numbers 2 and 7. No doubt about the winner, though, Bob. Number 6, T-Roy, top selection of the first bet, AI. Uh, putting away Serpico RSS in about the quarter pole, drawing off to win by, I don't know, 6 or 7 lengths. Serpico RSS holding on for the place. Nice time, 57 flat for the five furlongs. Yeah, no, T-Roy, T- um, uh, we mentioned before the race, uh, Jose Gonzalez is uh, having... A bit of a struggle at Sunland Park this meet, and uh, T. Roy uh, is his only winner from his first 26 starters. And this seems th- this seems to be a thing that happens in racing. Uh, uh, a, a barn that isn't winning much, and there's just one horse that makes him feel good. And this this big strong gray 
son of uh, Stella Rain did that really impressively, and I'm sure he'll be very popular when he returns to the shed row. All right, well, get those prices to you once it goes official. We've still got a little time before they get over to the gated uh, fairgrounds. They're, in fact, uh, still being saddled in the paddock with about 11 minutes to post for the eighth race. So while we've got some time on our hands, it's time for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com. Well, here's an interesting one. Derma Sotagake injures eye on flight to Saudi Arabia. Connections of one of Japan's leading hopes for the February 24th Grade 1 Saudi Cup hope a mid-flight incident has nothing to in, has done nothing to impact the chances of their runner ahead of a bid to land the world's most valuable race. Quote, we didn't see how it happened on the plane, but his nameplate on the head collar was broken, so I think he had a fight with the other horse in the stall, said trainer Hidetaka Otanashi. There was a concern he would not run in the feature race, but when I arrived here and saw him this morning, he's recovered from the injury and was galloping very well, so we've decided to go ahead. Our concern was the injury would affect him in the race mentally if it made him hesitate to move alongside another horse in the race. However, he's moved nicely in the gallop this morning, and there was no problem through the gates either. If he's not affected by it, he will run very well on Saturday, end quote. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. There's one website that's the industry's go-to site for racing, breeding, sales, and news. It's bloodhorse.com. From breaking news to race results, race replay videos, leading earner lists, sire lists, and so much more, you'll find it all at bloodhorse.com, the largest equine news site focused on owners and breeders with more than 5 million unique visitors a year, bloodhorse.com. And don't forget to check out Blood Horse Plus, offering exclusive content, including behind-the-scenes videos and interviews, weekly programs showcasing the industry's upcoming races and recapping the recent stakes, and much more on Blood Horse Plus. I have to admit, Bob, when I saw the headline for this, I said, well, he's out of the race. That's all there is to it, just a freak accident. But uh, reading on, it sounds like not so fast, my friends, as Lee Corso would say. And not only not out of the race, but uh, his trainer, Hidetaka Otanashi, made it sound like uh, through observations in the morning and in the afternoons, he's looked just fine uh, on and off the racetrack. And, I mean, that last line sounds like they're pretty confident that he's sitting on a big one. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, he obviously, you know, he's very well known to us U.S. racing fans. He ran a pretty good race last year in the Kentucky Derby. He was sixth uh, in, in the Derby, eight lengths behind Mage, and then ran a massive race in the Breeders' Cup Classic, finished second at 26-1 to one behind Wade Barrio. And I believe that Christophe Lemaire intends to partner him on Saturday. And, of, of course, you know, you've spoken to him in person uh, last week, uh, last year, uh, Derby Week. Great guy, a very capable rider, and, and the uh, it's it's nice to hear that the uh, injury is minor enough that it's not going to affect the uh, the son of Minder Biscuits at least as far as we can tell at this point. And judging by uh, you know the Japanese and how generally how uh, well they take care of their horses, uh, they wouldn't they wouldn't risk any any horse, and uh, so he so he must be good to go. I, I, I trust uh, Hidetaka Otanashi's judgment here. Yeah, I. I... Never had the pleasure of meeting the trainer uh, or speaking with the trainer. Uh, I mean, 
listen, I hate to I hate to say this, Bob, but I, I'm sure there are a few folks out there thinking this. Does the thinking going into the world's richest race skew one's judgment at all of what's in the best interests? I don't think so. Not I mean, not in this case. I mean, you know, the I I just don't think so. Not at least. I mean, at least, again, like you said, I don't know the people involved, but uh, you know, this horse is um, has won a lot of money. And, and by the way, uh, I, I should say I would. Fun. I think the answer is also no. I don't think it would. I, I, yeah, I don't, no. I no. I think they're doing. They're not running the horse unless they think. I, I don't want to make it sound like I think that they're doing something they shouldn't. I think they're only running yeah. the horse if they think that he's fit and ready to to fire a big shot. I would think so, and I'm sure that uh, are they showing the Saudi Cup on TV this year? I, I haven't even looked into that because I tend to. Well, watch it on you can obviously you watch it on, you know, on First or Express Bet or you know whoever you're right. using. If if you're going to a racetrack live, as I mentioned, the Saudi Cup itself goes at about 12:40 in the afternoon Eastern time, so everywhere is open by. I, I shouldn't say everywhere in Southern California. You know, they they don't – a lot of the places don't even open until 10 a.m. locally. So and they, they have a limited amount of simulcasts that they show, and it's very uh, – it's a regular basis that, you know, if you're going to the track at Santa Anita or Del Mar or places like that and you want to bet something in the opener at Aqueduct, you you ain't doing it at the track. They, they won't have the machines open. It, you know, nothing's open yet until 10 a.m. local. So I don't know – I, I honestly don't know what like West Coast tracks are doing as far as opening up, but obviously all of the Saudi Cup races, and I think they're races both Friday, both tomorrow and Saturday. But the big Saturday card are are obviously all going to be on whatever wagering platform you use. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I just I just I just know that in the past few years they've had um, it's been on TV, but I'm sure that um, the covers that you'll see on your ADW um, will have further details about about this um, injury to Dermosodagake, and I don't think that his connections would risk him in any way, shape, and form, regardless of the fact that he's flown halfway across the world to get there. Yeah, it is an interesting story, and, uh, I mean, he's obviously a horse that has a big chance. And I mean, a lot of people think White Abario is strictly the one to beat. He was really not that far behind White Abario in the Breeders' Cup Classic, and... Um, there are others, other really, really – there's a weird story in there. There's a story that's kind of floating around about Defunded. He was sold to, a, uh, I believe, a gentleman from Saudi Arabia since his last start. And the guy is very popular, I guess, on social media and to the point where he's promised it. Like if, if Defunded wins, he's going to give uh, like a half a million dollars away to five lucky followers of his on – Instagram or something, and if if any if a different Saudi-based runner wins, then he'll give like a, a pick two followers and give them brand new cars. And if it's anyone else, he's going to pick one person to give a brand new car. And he's talking about you know how fortunate it's the first horse he's ever owned, how fortunate he is to have, and great and how excited he is to have you know his first horse ever in the world's richest race. I'm thinking, you did nothing, sir. You just are a very, very wealthy man <laughs> that bought a horse and decided to run him in the race. <laughs> you, 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 I mean, it could have been any horse that he decided to run the race. It turns out uh, it's defunded, 
Um, you know, a horse that obviously does have some ability. But I was reading that he's ta- how excited he is and how great. You, nothing. You, there, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I'm, I almost got upset with it, and I shouldn't be. I mean, I I probably should try to follow him and see if I can get a brand new car out of it or something like that. Uh, but the story's out there, and it's uh, it's an interesting story. I think in the wagering, and you and I will talk about this more. Uh, tomorrow night as part of our weekend stakes preview. The Saudi Cup itself is one of 12 races uh, that Bob and I are going to cover tomorrow night. In fact, it might be the very first race that we talk about. Um, I'd be shocked in the American pools if White Barrio is not a solid favorite. Yeah, that. I mean, really the race I'm I'm looking forward to on the card is the uh, race that happens at 9 a.m. Eastern, and that's the Saudi Derby, which has a horse we're very familiar with, Ben Tornado, who's, who's basically the best Florida-bred two-year-old running in, the, in the, that series down there. Um, he's in there with a 6-1 to one morning line. Luis Saez rides him for uh, Jose D'Angelo. And Derek Ryan uh, trains the five horse near Bookham Dano, a Jersey bred that Irad Ortiz uh, rides. And and he, I mean, I I know this guy. I've known him for a long time, and I've never heard him speak about a horse the way he speaks about Bookham Dano. And then the horse that, uh, you know, is basically considered the number one chance in the Kentucky Derby for the Japanese is Forever Young, and he's the six horse in here and there, and he's the two-to-one favorite. Really interesting thing about Forever Young's pedigree is he shares the same second dam, Darling My Darling, who John T. Ward trained uh, as Sierra Leone. Uh, and so I thought it was a kind of an interesting little pedigree nuance. Uh, uh, their dams are both out of Darling My Darling, who was an outstanding horse out of a really good horse named Roman Rachel. So that's that's kind of a cool pedigree twist. But uh, those two uh, Colts are apparently extremely talented and right now being pointed at the Kentucky Derby. All right, we will talk more about that tomorrow night as part of the weekend stakes preview, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time here on HRRN. They're getting close to post time, Bob, for the eighth race over at Fairgrounds. Mile and a 16th on the fast main track maiden event for three-year-olds and up. We've got a field of six going to post here. Solid favorite in the wagering, and the pick of the first bet AI is number two, Empire's Best, four to five right now on the board. Yeah, hard to argue with. Um, I think this horse, you know, definitely um, shouldn't be odds on, especially considering that two back they ran him for for maiden fifty. So they were they were willing to risk losing him, um, you know, at one point of his career. Um, he's definitely gone faster than 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 anything he lines up against here. He's you know he's a must include. He's he's shown the most uh, of any of these, but he's he's pretty unfamiliar with fast tracks. In fact, the only time he ever ran on a fast track was his first lifetime start, and he didn't run a jump. Um, his uh, three-year-old stable mate in here, Blood Brother, is a first-time starter, seven to two. That uh, Jimmy Graham rides for Brad Cox. He really, to me, has a complete turf pedigree. Um, active duty's kind of interesting, uh, you know, but he's plied his trade against lesser company. Um, Kathy's boy, I think, is is a very handsome price, at seven to one for Norm Cassie, who's having a tough meet down there. Winless on the meet adds Lasix. And went pretty well in his uh, in his debut. Um, Jose Raquelmi rides Beaumont Red for Keith DeSormo. Adds the Blinkers, which is a 26% uh, successful move for Keith DeSormo. This is the son of Texas Red, who, of course, Keith, Keith trained. And uh, another very interesting horse is Rolampago Verde, which 
means green lightning in, in Spanish, comes back. Um, ran no sort of race in his debut, first time gelded and LASIK. So this this has a wide open look, uh, considering it's got a three to five favorite. All right, they have uh, made their way to the starting gate, are loading in for this eighth race on the card. Once again, a mile and a sixteenth on the fast main track. Maidens, they run three year olds and up, not just four year olds and up this time of year at fairgrounds. And two of the six runners, as Bob mentioned, are three year olds. Those are the one blood brother. And for Kathy's boy, they're going to have to beat, among others, the favorite number two, Empire's Best, who is uh, coming off back-to-back second-place finishes at short prices in his last two starts. Well, he was a short price last time out. He was one to two and uh, ran second, beating a half a length last time. And uh, a lot of the betting public thinks he's going to figure out how to get that extra half a length and get it right this afternoon. Last few runners going in. We'll hand it off to John Dooley with the call. For Kenny McPeak. Over the mile and a 16th, three to five, Empire's Best. They're in the game. They're off. Sharp start for Empire's Best. Right there is Active Duty. Toward the inside, Blood Brother. And here's Beaumont Red, who strides up on the outside now as they head toward the first turn. It's Empire's Best to the lead for Corey Lannery. Empire's Best in front of a close-up Beaumont Red. And they have just over seven furlongs to run. Then toward the inside, the Calumet Farm newcomer, Blood Brother. Black with the gold chevrons and a black cap running in third. Ray Lampo Verde is racing in company with active duty, and while settled by Ray Lou Gutierrez, Kathy's boy trails the sextet, the opening quarter, in 23.83 seconds. Going up the back of the track and now into the westerly wind, it's Empire's Best. So Empire's Best dictates the field. Jose Raquelme and Beaumont Red continues to chase the pace. Empire's Best doing this nicely to the half mile. Then toward the inside for James Graham as Blood Brother saving ground in third. Jaime Torres in active duty is running in fourth, breaking a seven more with Brian Hernandez Jr., Ray Lampajo Verde, and Kathy's boy trail still. It's Empire's Best. Half mile, 47.31 seconds. The favorite led. Empire's Best. Three furlongs from home as Beaumont Red ranges alongside at 19 to 1. Empire's Best and Beaumont Red toward the quarter pole with active duty looking to draw in. Blood Brother strains away in fourth as these maidens come past the quarter pole. Relampajo Verde and Kathy's Boy. Three quarters, 1 minute 12.57 seconds with the rail for Corey Lannery. It's Empire's Best. Empire's Best narrowly from a battling Beaumont Red who's trying to upset Empire's Best. At least two in a test for the final half furlong together. Active duty and then Blood Brother. They're close to home. Beaumont Red narrowly. Empire's Best tries to battle back toward the inside. Beaumont Red and Jose Ricalme. Beaumont Red. Beaumont Red. Bang at 19 to 1. Reeled Empire's Best in. Active duty finish third. Unofficially 5-2-3 in the eighth race at Fairgrounds. We're going to take a break. Come back with more here on the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing. But not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. 
To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Whoa! Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you prevent wildfires. Dude, I've got this. I've been camping since I was five years old. But I am a camping influencer. You know what? I'll bet you five bucks. Assistant Smokey, what is the best way to put out a campfire? To put out a campfire, drown with water, stir, drown again. Then make sure the fire is out cold by feeling with the back of your hand. Wait, really? I'll take the five bucks. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Don't miss the Equine Forum every Saturday from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on HRRN. Mike Penna brings you the latest in thoroughbred racing, featuring interviews with trainers, jockeys, owners, and other racing insiders. Plus, exclusive segments you won't hear anywhere else. The Equine Forum, the show that launched a network. Saturdays, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to The First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. This favorite is doing no running right now. Tizzy in the sky wide and not kicking in at all. Mary Quite Contrary hasn't found her best stride yet either. Less than a quarter of a mile to come, and Honor Delady has the lead for Jose Ortiz. She's strictly the one to catch while trying to get away. Soul of an Angel cuts the corner under Paco Lopez and is clearly into second, but Honor Delady is five in front, and we only go to the first wire. Honor Delady is clear, closing good ground, but out of time, Soul of an Angel. Honor Delady wins the Royal Delta. Soul of an Angel was second, and third was Mary Quite Contrary, then Tizzy in the sky in 144 and three. Welcome back. First Bet Racing Show here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. We owe you some prices. We'll start over at Sunland Park where the seventh race on the card went to number six, T-Roy. Four-year-old Gray Aron Gelding by Stella Rain out of the Yankee Gentleman Mary Yankee Tory, owned by Cecil Peters and trained by Jose Gonzalez Jr., Alfredo Juarez Jr., their pilot. Yeah, the star of the show in the Gonzalez Barnes, T. Roy, the six paid eleven forty to win, six forty to place, two sixty to show. Serpico RSS, uh, good effort, five forty to place, four forty to show, and the seven Aquamine, a long shot, picked up the pieces, uh, paid seven twenty to show. The one dollar exact is six three thirty four thirty. The one dollar try six three seven three hundred and forty five dollars and ten cents. And the one dollar superfecta six three seven two two thousand four hundred and twenty dollars and twenty cents. 
All right, we'll get you the fairgrounds prices in a few minutes, but we're getting up close to post time, about two, three minutes away from the eighth race over at Sunland Park. Six furlongs the distance, an optional claiming, uh, an optional claiming allowance event. Um, in fact, it's an optional claiming starter allowance event for New Mexico bred fillies and mares, uh, either running under the starter allowance conditions or in for a $15,000 tag. Scratch number one, tight fit in jeans. First bet AI says number two, blue blazes who is who you want at 12 to one. Bob, your first bet of the day is who? Yeah, it's kind of interesting in here that they like uh, Blue Blazes, who who ran a, a really, really nice race last time versus Lesser and won by three and three quarters. But I love a horse in here, and it's a horse uh, that's just an absolute Sunland Park specialist, and that's Casey's Mark, the six horse in here, who's currently 15 to one. And uh, look, this horse has run 21 times in uh, his career, five wins, four seconds, Two-thirds uh, and won a lot of money, $162,000, uh, uh, and the horse is not very good anywhere else but Sunland. Uh, four of those five wins come at Sunland in nine races, three seconds. A third has won $115,000 at Sunland Park. And it, I watched the replay of that uh, or that open or that condition-claiming race February 2nd, and uh, a horse broke very sharply from the outside. Um, I'm sat a nice trip behind a kind of a dawdling pace, and uh, couldn't make much of an impact on on Tropicana Girl. Um, she couldn't. Uh, Casey's Mark's a mare, uh, um, and, but she really, really finished uh, with a lot of interest. It says a mild rally in the chart. I just like the way she really knuckled down to the t to the task, and definitely looks like a Sunland Park specialist to me. Galloped out really strongly. And I expect her to run a huge race at a big number. Now, that being said, Mama was a rocket. The nine horse in here, she's a four-year-old daughter of Diabolical. And uh, she's trained by Todd Fincher. And she just has outstanding speed. And uh, she contests uh, a lot of these New Mexico bred stakes races. So she's the class horse. She's the horse to beat. But if somebody can hook her, uh, then, uh, you know, it, She's not a lock at four to five, and I, I just think that that price, especially if you're playing underneath, is quite generous on Casey's mark, who's been back from uh, 15s now into 10s. All right. They are making their way to the starting gate now for the eighth race at Sunland Park. Once again, six furlongs the distance. Track is fast in Sunland Park, New Mexico this afternoon. Purse of the 42300 dollars for this uh, allowance optional claiming event for the state-bred fillies and mares. As Bob mentioned, a lot of money coming in on the nine. Mama was a rocket who has been running well against what looks like better competition most of her career. Um, and she is four to five right now on the board. But Bob likes, not likes, but loves the chances of number six, Casey's Mark, who, as he mentioned, loves it at Sunland Park. Nine career tries on the Sunland Oval. Four wins, three seconds and a third to her liking. If you uh, take those numbers away from her overall numbers, uh, you're right. She just looks like she's a, a specialist there at Sunland Park, and we'll see if she fires one of her normal big shots at Sunland, and if she does, if that's good enough to beat this field, including the heavy favorite Mama Ros Was a Rocket, who figures to uh, get out and go from uh, – post position number now well technically post eight program number nine 
with the scratch of the inside runner, number one, tight-fitting jeans. So the Phillies and Mares have made their way behind the starting gate for this race. By the way, we're about 16 minutes away from the ninth race at Fairgrounds, uh, which means we'll probably get to bring you that race before the uh, top of the hour and the start of the call-in show, which, of course, is every Thursday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Our good friend James Scully waiting in the wings and uh, to take your call starting at 6 o'clock tonight. But uh, plenty of live racing still to come before we get to the call-in show, including this eighth race at Sunland Park and the Phillies and Mares are uh, loading quickly for this affair. A lot of uh, seasoned veterans, if you will, going into the starting gate for this race, so not a lot of uh, shenanigans behind the starting gate. Mama was a rocket, goes in one from the outside, continues to be the solid favorite, and here's the call of race eight. They're all set. And there they go. It's a very sweet start for the favorite. Mama was a rocket, came away quickly. Going to be tackled, though, early by a couple of runners, including Shelly Dioro, Charlie's Hurricane. Now Mama's was a rocket, re-engages for pace control. While moving up the rail in fourth is Blue Blazes, who backing out of it a bit is Casey's Mark. Right alongside her is No Regrets in Love with... Delia about five off the pace having tapped on the brakes a number of times there was Desert Rose of Texas as she's now passed by casual encounter through that first quarter mile they go wasn't a testing one Shelly Dioro is dictating terms by about a neck but Mama was a rocket means business and Mama was a rocket smoothly goes right to the front without being asked and now has a two length advantage Shelly Dioro gonna have to quicken here comes a new contender in no regrets in love no regrets in love gonna try to take a shot at the big favorite Mama was a rocket first to faces Mama was a rocket very nimble and quick begins to spurt clear again with no regrets in love chasing in second here comes bids from charlie's hurricane and casey's mark the favorite will oblige it's going to be mama was a rocket streaking home to win it by two. Second does go to no regrets in love then it's either casey's mark or charlie's hurricane nine eight and a show photo between numbers three and six in the eighth race at sunland park big favorite was too tough today bob number nine mama was a rocket broke well toward the outside and uh, goes on to win pretty easily covering the six furlongs in 111 flat. Yeah, no, she was slammed down to one to five and uh, just a much the best winner. Interesting trip by Casey's Mark there. No, no speed at all, kind of uh, backpedaled in the middle of the race and swung seven wide by Luis Rodriguez and, and uh, made a really nice rally uh, showing again. Her love of the surface uh, got was in a photo. I think she might have got up for third. It's hard for me to tell. Uh, very, very, very close, but uh, uh, exciting nonetheless. And, uh, and that's just a night. That's just a, too much New Mexico bread. Mama was a rocket for that field. One eleven flat. The running time, and once again nine eight and a show photo tight there between numbers three and six. For in fact, they put it up nine eight six three the unofficial top four in that eighth race at Sunland. We owe you prices over at Fairgrounds, and their eighth race was won by a huge long shot. See, this is why I say you hit the all button, not the all but one the all, <laughs> or the all but two. If you think that the favorite, number two, Empire's Best, 
can be beat at short price. And you obviously did think Empire's best could get beat. And you're just not sure. You mentioned basically the entire field. Why not hit all? And if you hit all, you did pretty well in race eight at Fairgrounds. The five, Beaumont Red, longest shot in the field. Four-year-old Bay Colt by Texas Red out of the flat-out mare Swanky Jazz. Owned by Respect the Valley's LLC and trained by Keith DeSormo with Jose Raquelme. Well, I played the two, four, five, six, so I'm happy, Bob. So I, I didn't, I didn't hit the all button. <laughs> I, I played four of the four of the six and, and landed on Beaumont Red. I, it, this DeSormo, uh, when he reaches for the blinkers, that's a, a, a high high percentage move for the stable. And uh, Jose Raquelme, uh, excellent ride there. Empire's best uh, looks like one of those horses that's going to be hard to win with for the Cox Barn. Again, he's dipped him in for a $50,000 tag before. He might have to go back there. Um, a horse kind of leaned in just inside the 316th pole and might have brushed the rail, uh, which affected the uh, heavy favorites chance. But Beaumont Red was the five in here, paid 4160 in a six-horse field, 1060 to place, $5 to show, Empire's best, 242.10. The three active duty from the Dallas Stewart Barn paid 280 to show, one dollar exact of five two eighty dollars ten cents fifty cent try five two three ninety seven even the one dollar superfecta five two three six eleven hundred and seventy three dollars and sixty cents in a six horse field folks the tickets for the forty first running of the breeders cup world championships to be held november first and second at del mar this year will go on sale Monday, April 22nd. Fans can sign up to receive ticket information at breederscup.com forward slash 2024. The 2024 World Championships will feature 14 grade one races and $31 million in purses and awards as fans from around the globe gather to celebrate the world's best horses, jockeys, and trainers competing over two days in racing's most spectacular international showcase. Located on the shores of the Pacific Ocean in San Diego County, Del Mar is unique in its picturesque natural backdrop, while the surrounding area attracts visitors from around the world in pursuit of top-class racing, beautiful beaches, award-winning cuisine, and boutique hotels, which is another word for saying expensive. Breeders' Cup Experiences <laughs> is the official ticket, hospitality, and travel package provider for the 2024 Breeders' Cup World Championships at Del Mar. Fans can visit Breeders' Cup Experiences' website, breederscupexperiences.com, for more information. All right, so once again, uh, to know more about the experiences, you go to breederscupexperiences.com. To get ticket information, breederscup.com forward slash 2024. Uh, Bob, you and I have been to Del Mar many, many times. I've been there probably, uh, I, without exaggerating, 500 times in my life. And uh, I worked there in the past, been there many times as a fan. Of course, I grew up in Southern California. For racing fans who have never had the chance to go to Del Mar, what can they? What is it about Del Mar that gets you juiced up, my friend? Oh, it's just, it's just. Well, it's glorious. I mean, you can you basically look down at fantastic racing really any day of the week. Um, a lot of people don't get too excited about the autumn meet. I think it's fantastic. It's uh, you've got got a, it's a far smaller uh, crowds, but you know, to gaze upon the Pacific Ocean and look at look down at world class racing, it's it's real nice to go up high at Del Mar. 
um, where you can look to your left and see the ocean. And then it's really, really nice. The paddock's lovely there. It's just a, it's just a great race place. I mean, um, Santa Anita, similar, uh, just a, just beautiful um, uh, venues for uh, horse racing, and uh, almost as good as uh, America gets. I mean, Keeneland and Saratoga are sort of a different cup of tea, uh, but also um, have massive appeal. But uh, Del Mar is just cool. You know, it's just it's just a cool place to go uh, watch racing, and uh, you don't strike me as a boutique motel kind of guy. And uh, I'm sure I'll be out there at the uh, Breeders' Cup and uh, during the main part of the meet in July and August, sleeping on my buddy's suitcase, Smith's couch. That's my that's my idea of a boutique motel hotel. Yeah, what, what's the difference? As long as you get to the track and you got a good spot. By the way, uh, before we go to break, so growing up in L.A., um, the 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 the, tra- the traffic is atrocious in Southern California. It was bad when I was growing up. It's, it seems like it's five times worse right now, but. We could actually take the train from L.A. down to Del Mar, and it would drop you off right in Del Mar, and then there'd be a double-decker bus that would take you from the train station to the track. And it was like $24 round trip back then from L.A. to Del Mar, which, of course, is like nothing back then. It's probably 100 dollars right now round trip, but whatever it was. It was 24 round trip, and I remember going down on the train, wall-to-wall people with racing forms, handicapping, and coming back on the train, giant, everyone was trashed. It was basically like going to a fraternity house. It was, it was just a lot of fun, um, and uh, Del Mar is just <laughs> a great place to be. And uh, obviously the Breeders' Cup is a little more high class than a fraternity house. Uh, triumph atmosphere, but it's a great locale. I'm really looking forward to getting back out there where the turf meets the surf for this year's Breeders' Cup. All right, we are going to take one last break. When we come back, we've got another live race to get to. They're leaving the paddock with about six minutes to go for the ninth at Fairgrounds. This is the First Bet Racing Show on HRRN. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Did you know that when you make time to do three simple things each day with your children, talking, reading, and singing, you're helping to shape and strengthen their brains for the years to come? I love to look at the pictures in a book and notice little details about the characters. I pause along the way to ask my child to wonder about how they might feel. When you ask open-ended questions like, what do you notice? Or what do you think will happen next? You're inviting them to be curious. All these rich conversations help develop both their vocabularies and their thinking skills. And it's a great way for you and your child to bond and discover the world together. As a father, helping my child is the most important thing to me. Each of us has the power to create a strong start for our children by talking, reading, and singing with them from the moment they're born. 
and help them to enter school ready to learn and succeed in life. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, resources, and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning. The YMCA is just a starting line. For the true self blooms only when we find our purpose, what makes us tick below the surface. My why is diversity in unity, a safe space in my community, living with sincerity, giving every day my everything. With my why, I stand strong, seen and supported all along. It's a million faces in a mirror and everyone belongs. Find your why. Learn more at ymca.org for a better us. Hi, this is jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front. And nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the First Bet Racing Show on the Horse Racing Radio Network. And here they come into the stretch of the Rebel. It is Dublin and Noble's Promise side by side. And here comes Looking at Lucky and Gomez to the outside. And the three big stars are heads apart as they straighten out for the run through the lane. You have Noble's Promise and Robbie Alvarado at the rail with a lead. Looking at Lucky and Gomez on the outside. Dublin is right there in third past the 16th pole. Noble's Promise digging in. Looking at Lucky coming back. One great surge at the end. It's going to take a photo. Looks like looking at Lucky over Noble's Promise with Dublin finishing third and uh-oh, Bango fourth. Ah, that was the call from the great Terry Wallace back in 2010. The great two Rebel Stakes won by looking at Lucky with the late great Garrett Gomez aboard, I believe. Looking at Lucky would go on after that Rebel win to uh, win the Preakness, the Haskell, and the Indiana Derby in his career overall. Nine wins from 13 career starts, made over $3.3 million in his glorious career, and he was really good as a two-year-old as well. In fact, he was the champion two-year-old of 2009, champion three-year-old of 2010, and as a two-year-old, he won the uh, Hollywood Futurity, he won uh, the Norfolk, the Delmar Futurity, and the Best Pal as well. Of course, the Rebel this year takes place this Saturday out at Oaklawn Park. Welcome back. Final segment on the First Bet Racing Show this afternoon. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Folks, it's the month of love, and First Bet is showing theirs with the First Bet $20,000 sweepstakes series. Earn entries for every wager you make throughout the month of February to win a $1,000 betting voucher. Get bonus entries on weekdays and on first tracks. Ten runner-up winners get $500 betting vouchers. Another 103rd prize winners get $100 betting vouchers. Can't win if you don't opt in, so load up your first bet account and start wagering. The month is coming to a close very, very soon. We just got a week left. Uh, Okay, Uh, over at Fairgrounds, Bob, they're approaching the starting gate for the ninth and final race on the card. About a mile on the firm turf, an allowance optional claiming event for fillies and mares. Non-winners of two other than or in for a $50,000 tag. Field of nine after the scratch of number 10, Lady Jeopardy. First bet AI says number six, El Esforte is where you want to have your money. Six to one right now on the board, but the betting public is all about number nine, Blissful, at eight to five. Yeah, um, traffic troubles last time. It's a lightly raced five-year-old from the Sharita Vaux barn. Brian, Brian Hernandez retains the mount. Um, 
I mean, yeah, it, you you can make a case for the nine eight to five is a little bit slim. Uh, the one horse in here, Flatter Me Silly, is one of those horses that Neil Pesson trained for Bob Lothan back um, when Lothan back sadly died a few months ago. They dispersed just about all of his racing stock and and uh, then his breeding stock. And again, the, I guess the two year olds are going to go at Ocala. Pesson and a bunch of owners built a syndicate. I think they got about seven or eight of them. And Flatter Me Silly is one of the ones that they were able to buy back for uh, $70,000. I think uh, Neil was left with three horses. um, And uh, now he's back up to a fairly healthy number and uh, had to build syndicates. And and Flatter Me Silly is one of these horses he he likes, six to one in the morning line. She's a deep closer, but uh, she looks pretty live at 13 to one. Um, El Ace Forte, which means uh, she is strong in, Fran- in French, uh, is a daughter of Flincher, who stood here for a while, now stands in Fran- France, and is the uh, sire of surge capacity. Really an outstanding turf uh, filly right now for Chad Brown. But uh, she's in career best form for uh, Raylu Gutierrez and, and Ray Handel in here. I'm not sure if about one mile is a long enough race for her. Um Lady Hideaway is kind of interesting. Moves from Ian Wilkes barn to Al Stahl's barn. Uh, Stahl, who we all know is an outstanding um, trainer. Um, he's only six, uh, 6% first time with trainers. So I'm not sure um, how, how you want to swallow that piece of information. Um, I think Princess Fawzia is very interesting in here for uh, Jareth Loveberry and Mike Maker. Um, a maker this she this she hasn't raced since October of 2022, but she goes well fresh and maker is 17 percent uh, off of these type of long layoffs. I think she's got an excellent chance to uh, stalk and pounce in here. I think she ought to sit a pretty nice trip. Um, but yeah, those are the two that I like. Flatter me, silly you again is is a complete overlay at 16 to one, and. Uh, Princess Fawzia is also a decent price, and uh, it's it's a great race. It's a really, really interesting race down the card. All right, they have arrived at the starting gate for the ninth race at Fairgrounds, double loading on the turf for the about distance of one mile, which I assume means it's just a little under a mile. Uh, and the favorite remains number nine, Blissful, for Cherie DeVoe and Brian Hernandez, Jr., Loading quickly for this ninth race on the card. Woohoo, Jackie Blue going into post position number four. Here's the long shot, Shirley's Temple, followed by the favorite, Blissful, to complete the line. And John Dooley will send them on their way. Oh, just as I say that, Blissful is uh, a little bit uh, timid before the starting gate. Took like an awkward step, backed off. Now going back in, take two, John Dooley. <laughs> They're off. Lady Hideaway with Woohoo Jackie Blue, right there, best performer toward the inside colors of the wind. And Flattery Silly Corey Lattery had a snatch back off of heels as they make their way toward the first turn with Petromorrow. It's Woohoo Jackie Blue who leads as they enter the first turn. Woohoo Jackie Blue by two to Lady Hideaway in a green cap. And then toward the inside is best performer running in third. And they have six furlongs to run. Princess Fawzi and the black cap is well up and Blissful's three wide. Then saving ground colors of the wind with L.A. Fort in between horses. Nearest the inside, Flatter Me Silly is running second to last. And finally, Shirley's Temple trails in ninth position. The opening quarter in 24.05 seconds for the run to the half mile pole. Woohoo, Jackie Blue. 
Woohoo, Jackie Blue is the front runner. Princess Fazia just gained second. While out deep on the course, leading hideaway between horses and toward the inside, best performer saving ground at both turns. Blissful looks to launch a bit on the outside in company with L.A. Fort, who's just held up in the red cap. Blissful on the front outside is six lengths off this leader. Woohoo, Jackie Blue with inside three furlongs to go. And then comes Colors of the Wind. Shirley's Temple up the rail and pulled wide. Fighter me silly half mile, 48.98 seconds. Woohoo, Jackie Blue is looking to make every yard for Mitchell Morrill. Woohoo, Jackie Blue leads them past the quarter pole. In one minute, 13.81 seconds. Woohoo, Jackie Blue down to the final for long. Leads here, best performer by three. Blissful, flatter me silly, charging hard over here on the stand side. L.A. Fort then toward the inside, Shirley's Temple. As they try to close down, woohoo, Jackie Blue. Woohoo, Jackie Blue. And here's flatter me silly for Corey Lannery. Flatter me silly mode. Woohoo, Jackie Blue down. Blissful third and best performer finished fourth. Bob Nastanovich going out on a high note said that number one, Flatter Me Silly, was a ridiculous price of double digits going into the starting gate after being six to one on the morning line. Final price ended up being 13 to one, Bob, and she comes rolling home down the outside under Corey Lannery to get the win. Yeah, really confident handling by um, Lannery, um, who, who'd ridden her before, but it had been a while. Uh, been early, uh, last time, in fact, January 13th. Um, he let he let a few horses. Uh, he was sitting in about sixth place, and he really waited and, and timed things perfectly. Shifted her out wide, which, as we've seen throughout the case, uh, a lot of turf races this meet, six or seven wide and closings, the place to be. And uh, again, good for Neil Pesson when Minnesota Ready uh, won the Colonel Power the other day uh, for Tom Amos and. Uh, uh, Richard C. Colt went to $380,000 to buy Minnesota Ready out of that Lothenbach uh, dispersal, and they got the uh, Colonel Power, which was uh, rained off the turf. That turf sprint was rained onto the main track. Uh, Al, um, I'm sorry, Tom Amos, the new trainer of Minnesota Ready, was quick to point out that uh, Neil did all the work, and uh, you know he deserves this one. And and I uh, mentioned that he's had horses taken away from him before in, in similar circumstances. Uh, but uh, great to see the Pesson Barn get this uh, win. Sure, it means a lot to them and good on them. Uh, you know, knowing that, that uh, in his mind, this mare was worth $70,000. And that and uh, that's what uh, they they got. Again, he, he's got a small city. co-owns this one with Paul Sampson. But, uh, you know, again, good to see he's in... Uh, functioning and you know, he's, he's on the verge of going out of business now he's got about 10 12 horses again a lot of them come out of the dispersal of horses that he trained previously all right let's get the prices out we'll start over at sunland park where the eighth race went to the favorite number nine mama was a rocket a four-year-old chestnut filly by diabolical out of the roar of the tiger mare gator prowl owned by kirk and judy robeson trained by todd fincher with felipe valdez yeah, she was just too much for this field. She paid 240 to win, 220 to place, 220 to show. Long shot, no regrets and love, paid 13 to place, 720 to show. And Casey's marked the first bet of the day. Really didn't do anything wrong, was overmatched. Uh, closed ground nicely to get the show, it paid 380. Uh, $1 exact at 981870. The $1 trifecta, 986 and the one dollar superfecta nine eight six three three hundred ninety one dollars and ten cents. Ninth race at the fairgrounds has just gone official. The winner now officially number one, Flatter Me Silly, a six year old dark bear brown mare by Flatter out of the Posse Mare. 
Sharp Sally, owned by Neil Pesson and Paul Sampson. Neil Pesson trains. Corey Lannery rides. Yeah, great ride by Lannery. Uh, it's 28.60 to win, 11.80 to play, 6.80 to show. Woohoo, Jackie Blue uh, was very impressive on the front end, and uh, even after being passed, galloped out really strongly. You might want to uh, circle that one for uh, that that mare for next time from the Lindsay Schultz barn. She paid 10.40 to place, 5.20 to show. Blissful for Cherie DeVoe. 280 to show the one dollar exact to one four 134 70 the 50 cent try one four nine 254 even the one dollar superfecta one four nine three two thousand two hundred and twenty six dollars and fifty cents we are uh, just about two minutes away from uh, the end of today's edition of the first bet racing show speaking of first bet huge day at the first tracks coming up on saturday march 2nd of course, it's Fountain of Youth Day here in South Florida at Gulfstream Park, and they will have a mega stakes card that day. We'll talk about a lot of those races uh, the night before on the weekend stakes preview. It's also a huge day out at Santa Anita, Bob. It's Big Cap Day, and I think they've got four graded stakes as well. Big Cap, San Felipe amongst them. I will actually be in Southern California for Big Cap Day, and I was just asked yesterday if I would be the analyst on the pregame show at Santa Anita for Big Cap Day. So uh, other than the fact Whoa, that probably, it probably I, I, I definitely want to do it. it. It just means I probably need to put a collared shirt on instead of wearing a T-shirt like I was going to do that day. But uh, uh, I think I will do it. So uh, you're going to see my ugly mug on TV if you have the Santa Anita signal <laughs> I'm looking forward to it on, uh, on Big Cap Day. Yeah. Well, they, you know what you could do, Bob? You could just buy a collar. Uh, you, I could do that, but I, I think I could. I think I could find a few collared shirts somewhere somewhere along the way. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm I'm riding the coattails of Tom Quigley, who does such a great job on that show, and hope I don't embarrass myself. Uh, that's going to wrap it up on today's edition of the First Bet Racing Show. For our producer Lee Delapina, my co-host Bob Nastanovich, I'm Bobby Newman. Thank you so much for joining in. Stick around. Call-in shows coming up next. James Scully joins me, top of the hour, for your hour, HRRN Nation, to call in and talk about whatever you want. Number to get in is 888-966-4776. It's 888-966-HRRN. The call-in show starts in three minutes. <laughs> 